Welcome to Movie and a Beer, everybody. This is Dan Kapersky bringing us in, and we have our wonderful two great friends and co-hosts with us tonight. I'm Blake, your Bill Murray expert. I'm Aaron, your your uh, advanced. Oh, wait, no, what is it? Oceanography, uh, open, open water, open water oceanography. Expert. Yeah, I have my advanced open water diving certificate. That's the expertise I bring here. I, I, I was, was going to say maybe amateur because you do I, remember the word. I do have a PADI certification, so I do know how to open water dive, but I haven't done it in thirty years. I drank a lot of water. That I did too. <laughs> so we're all certified in drinking water. We're too. all certified <laughs> in drinking something or being in something. Why is know. that? What movie do we watch? I don't know. We watched uh, another 2004 film. I mean, we're we're just weird. You know, what a, I, what a crazy coincidence, and definitely not planned. Not planned at all. Again, <laughs> we watched Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, which is a Wes Anderson film starring Bill Murray, Kate Angel- Blanchett, uh, Houston. Houston, Angelica Houston, Angelica Houston, Willem Dafoe, Owen Wilson. Wilson. It's got a bunch of this is all right. So and Sale George, we can't it forget Sale George. Of course, not. there's Sale Sale Gorgi. Yes. What? So with this great film, um, we had picked up the film ahead of time, and I, I I was like digging in my beer fridge, going like, all right, we need something to like head to head to head combat with this because this is a really interesting, strange film, not unlike the last the one. The genres kind of clash with each other: a bit of action, a bit of classic Wes Anderson ness, that vibe, and. The like a meta documentary. So, so I went with this yeah. idea of okay. So there are styles of beer, like there are styles of film. There's Wes Anderson sort of has his own category at this yeah. point. Yeah, it's a bunch of different things all putting together, but it's under one category. So I was thinking black loggers. I I had a black logger from Matchless, Little Beast, and Barrelick Brewing. All three completely different, but considered black loggers. So hmm. we will talk about those in a little bit. But again. You have this genre of film that Wes Anderson has kind of like brought into his own owning. He just does his own interesting yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, he is unique and distinctive. Yes. Yeah. The visual, the framing. Oh, the frame! I love the, the framing. The, the we're we're gonna shoot the camera this, work. The camera work. It's like you're. I, you're we were joking about this earlier, play, and I know? I reference how I like how it goes a zoom back and forth in a single headshot. And Aaron pointed out when it happened in the movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's right. I did talk about that. I but, love it. But I feel like there can be like a timing of even the dialogue and the timing of like when a shot begins and ends. Yeah, that Wes Anderson yeah. kind of has yeah. his own his own signature, his own style. So this film is kind of based on a mockumentary of... Well, really, frankly, you know, it's a doc- frankly, documentary. Documentary of, like, oceanography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going after... A the, jaguar shark. A jaguar shark. Jaguar shark. It, 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 uh, which, it which, someone. Which, I, 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 thought, didn't to, I didn't mean to step on your amazing jaguar shark <laughs> read, Aaron. I apologize. But, like, legitimately, there are things called, like, tiger sharks. <laughs> and that, yes. that made that joke so much better for me. It did. But, it, it was totally funny. But it killed us for... It, uh, Steve, Steve Zissou's best friends. We had to get yes. revenge. So it's, it's like a revenge tale. You know, it's it's this like who's who's of Hollywood and it's a revenge tale. And uh, so this is what I wrote. Boring, yes. Weird, yes. Strange, yes. Worth watching, yes. But only if you have things to drink with it. Because I disagree with boring, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> boring, boring. All right. So it's not necessarily boring, but it does have some slow dry parts as most mm-hmm. Wes Anderson films do. But if you yeah. expect that and understand that, then you'll know, hey, mm-hmm. what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it is distinctive and quirky and idiosyncratic like there there's a a, a sort of like fantasy charm that melds this like fantasy sort of works like nostalgic 1960s sort of 
But then, it, it, like, it, but it, it's it's current, it's modern. But there's so many throwbacks to like an earlier, more innocent time. I feel like in just like in the technology that's represented, and then also the style of the uh, the the documentaries that the Steve Zissou is creating. And and this isn't just Life Aquatic. I'm thinking of like Royal Tenenbaums and some of the other Wes Anderson films too. Like there is a a kind of fondness for an earlier time. Yes. That, they, they are different. always, they're always steeped in nostalgia. Every Wes Anderson mm-hmm. film I've seen, I, I always walk away thinking, I wish I was there. I wish yeah. I was there for that time. Yeah. But well, it's you never, might have been, you're just not aware of it. Well, Grand Budapest Hotel, I was not alive during oh, when that was a thing, I think. Wes, I, uh, Wes Anderson's never going to make a movie about 2021. <laughs> never. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Leave, leave, leave that to Edgar Wright and or Quentin Tarantino, who also make, and Aaron and I talked about this before the movie, how there's other directors who have a distinct setting style pace that you could just put when, whenever. Sort of a timeless quality. Yeah, you, they don't reference outside events. They never date mm-hmm. themselves but there's still just an enjoyable adventure yeah. story. Wes Anderson does the same thing. It's always its own little pocket, almost a pocket dimension. It, it, it Kill Bill could have been set in any number of years. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and it's like, and life as long as there's planes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It'll like, take a sword on a plane. Uh, well, it's like a golf club. But also, like, Life Aquatic, that could have been, like, this could have For been... murdering. <laughs> <laughs> it swings hard and hits hard, you know. Like uh, like a like, sword. Like, Wait a minute. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, this movie... I, I've never seen this movie before. I somehow have gone this long in my life, 37 years, of not Which, seeing this particular film. This is, this that is, I haven't. This is the first movie I'm aware of where, Blake, you have not seen it, and I mm-hmm. have. Like, wow. every, every other movie, it's like... Blake's seen it, Blake's like seen, it, Blake's seen it, Blake's seen it, Blake's seen it. I maybe have seen it, but no. Not child appropriate. There is oh, momentary yeah. flashes of nudity. There, there is a topless there's, woman. There's swearing. There's blood. Also, it's dry. It's, it's slow. Dry. It's A it's kid child. would be bored to tears. Yeah, right. they, wouldn't, they wouldn't get it. You, you need to live a few years. Put a few uh, uh, miles of a, under the odometer of the old life car before as, as stated That's before if analogy. you haven't been heartbroken enough yeah you ain't gonna understand it that, that was saying that to blake earlier it's yes, like bob dylan yeah. in this movie you need to you need to have a certain amount of life experience yeah and a certain amount of heartbreak in order well, to really appreciate well it follows steve zissou who's a broken man like he's super yeah. Yeah. See, bill murray is incredible at playing a guy who's defending with humor and then reveals oh no i I can't keep going on. This is hard. Uh, I'm doing. I'm having a bad time. Really you know, bad. I was just gonna watch Lost in Translation. Oh, uh, he, I, he and, and like, actually, this movie he had to leave for a few days to get, accept his Emmy or Oscar, whatever the award is, for Lost in Translation. But there's there's like a, there's a theme I think with even like Wes Anderson movies and Bill Murray's played multiple characters like this too. Yes. Of like yeah, a, yeah. A, a, we were saying faded glory, of mm-hmm, you know like mm-hmm. a, a former a formerly very successful. Uh, person, or you know, in this case, an oceanographer, scientist, marine biologist, that's Walk, been eclipsed, walking He's, around without a shirt and speedos, and just looking not as much sex, not so sexy, not so sexy. I mean, he looks okay. Jeff Goldblum, sexy. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, he literally the whole meme of him laying out drinking something <laughs> is from this film. I kid you, freaking not. Like at the end of the film, one of the end, end scenes is just him laying out. Like he got shot and he's like, Rrr. yeah, he's wrapped up and he's wearing like the, the team's. Oh, oh I've, got, I've, got the, I've got these yes. bandages on me and they're and, just, Oh, 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 they're just popping off. Oh, oh no. Oh no. But, these, but he's bandages. He's not drinking straight Campari. <laughs> no, he's not. We, there was we, ice in the glass. <laughs> we, we were like, wow. He so Mr. Zizu said to one of the unpaid interns, Hey, go get me a Campari. And the intern's like on the rocks. 
Oh. Hey, intern, give me a Campari, will you? On the rocks. <laughs> And it's like, yes, you need rocks. With Even though we're kids. a beer and movie podcast, <laughs> l- let's just tell you right now, don't drink a party by itself unless you want to go on an adventure, I guess. Yeah, it's a pretty hardcore experimentation. A taste bud <laughs> horror show. It's very bitter. Uh, and maybe that just matches the character because the character was super bitter about a lot of things. He really was. I mean, he says it in the film. is like, I have no friends. No one likes me. Me. Right after falling down the stairs, mm-hmm. after trying to rescue a, what was it? A bond, a studio bond. Stu- I always remember the words. Bondsman. Stu- a, a, a bondsman. I hope you're not going to bust our chops, Bill. Why would I do that? Because you're a bond company, Stooge. <sighs> I'm also a human being. All right, I take that back. A bond stooge. So yeah. they they bar- they were they were getting loaned this money, and the bank was like, "We're going to have our guy go along that's and right, make sure right. that you don't spend things stupidly." Right. And yeah. And they got hijacked by pirates. Right. This movie took a lot of turns I didn't expect. Uh, the the so, whole sun drama, the uh-huh. the pirates showing mm-hmm. up. Well, he's you know he they, says he's like I don't I hate my father I wouldn't want to be one. Right. Which is true, which he turns into one multiple times over, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's only through circumstances and not through things genetics. he's chosen. How, it's how, not through genetics. How interesting, though, that he is a father figure to so many other characters in the oh, movie. Oh, Klaus, Klaus yeah. loves him. He said he considered uh, him and, oh boy. His, you know, he straight his, out his, said, I think of you as a dad. Uh, yeah. Yes. As a dad. And when uh, Steve tells him, yeah, me and Esteban thought you as a little brother. And he starts getting teary-eyed, like, come on, Klaus, you're better than this. Yeah. <laughs> you formed Oscorp, for God's sakes. He However, did. Klaus also was really emotionally moved by being near the dolphin on the flag. That's true. Like, That's true. There, yeah, are, there are some ping- things on the, on the inside group, on the inside culture of this that like, we as viewers are never going to understand because we're not part of that band of misfits that knows what... What does misfit? What the f does a dolphin even mean? And on the in the context <laughs> of a flag, you know, like yeah, why why is that so meaningful to Klaus and that character? We we're gonna have yes. no idea. We're gonna have no. You idea. know what? Speaking of Klaus, what's your all's favorite character from this movie? Says, I'm torn between Klaus and Ned. The Owen Wilson character was a delight for me. Yeah. I really liked him. I really liked him. No. I like Dumbledore. Oh, uh, Michael Gambon, the yes. uh, the guy lending the money. Who yes, the- t- calling him darling. And- <laughs> yes. And that was Dumbledore. These guys are like, that's not him. I'm like, no, dude, that's seriously him. No, I, He's oh like, man. get the wand out. If I may defend myself, I said, I'm not sure if it's him. And then I yes. admitted my folly. It's you know, Aaron? Steve Zissou has so many unlikable qualities. I can't say him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, but, but it is Bill he Murray. He doesn't have enough chess here. It, well, I mean, no, it's like every every relationship that that character has with a with a woman is broken. Like he, mm-hmm. oh, it's mm-hmm. evil. He, he, yeah. But I also like I don't know the um, Kate Blanchett's character. Oh, she's she's phenomenal. She, she phenomenal is exactly the same word I was going to use. She's she's great. But but also like Owen Wilson in this movie, he portrays a Kentuckian sensitivity that I that I was just really blown away by. Like, it's authentic. Yeah, it's great. And His that, accent kind of comes and goes. Eh, a little bit, a little bit. But but the, the the character that he portrays, I think, makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, it's yes. believable. Yeah. It's completely believable. Yeah, in yeah. a Wes Anderson sort of way, believable. Well, it's true. Okay, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, everyone, every character in a Wes Anderson movie is step and a half removed from actual reality. Really not. I could reality. see knowing these people, but I don't know where I'd find them. 
at a bar really drunk. I, it, no, they don't drink. I, I think if you go much. if you go to like Curacao or I think if you think if you go to like tropical parts of the world where Maybe. like yeah, and, and if you find the right sort of expat bars, I think you you'd find people that are I could see that. a little bit like this. Not not necessarily yeah. exactly the same like Correct. a washed up you know marine biologist, but <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. A tenant bomb whose first name is Royal. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> or or someone who looks a lot like someone from the Blue Lagoon is just hanging out at the bar <laughs> or from a James Bond film who's just hanging yeah. out there at the Margarita Bar on a beach in the middle of the Tahiti or some shit. It's like, yeah, okay. But in spite how, of like... How'd the, you get my bucket list? I don't know. <laughs> but in spite of these fa- like fantastical situations and characters, like the dimensions and, and the dynamics between these characters are all very human, all very believable. Oh, and and yeah. like you can kind of identify of like, yeah, a father who who is surprised by a son he didn't know he had because he shoots blanks. May, maybe it is his son, and maybe slight it's spoiler. not. Slight <laughs> spoiler, yeah, slight spoiler. Uh, it, but it doesn't also, ruin anything. I'm just but even this, up, guys. this this you know threadbare patriarch that you know is in denial about shooting blanks. You know, like pretty much. That's such a human quality, and and I think you know you. With Wes Anderson, his characters always have something that's like I, you can identify with it. You can believe in that type of character and of a, of a care, person who would be like that, even if it's a really crazy sort of you know. I can't. I don't know if I can say the word shitstorm of a scenario, but like even if it's an insane setup, the characters and the dynamics between them are all pretty natural and realistic. They're very natural. Nothing is explained. You just have to f- sort of figure it out as you go. And Which you, I you, pre- you intro- you're introduced Sorry. to these characters, and they under- you understand who they are really quickly because yeah. they're vulnerable. Yeah. They're vulnerable. Yeah. They're, they're one note, but still developed. Correct. Like they're one note until you start keep watching. I guess which is every character is, oh, that's, this, that's their thing. And then you keep watching. Oh, oh, no. Like Klaus. Yeah. I thought, oh, okay, this is a fun, wacky, you know, silly sidekick character. As the movie went on, I realized I, oh no, I really sympathize with Klaus. Yeah. This guy just wants like a, da- a father figure or right. an older brother, and he's feels threatened by, by Ned dad. coming in, just mm-hmm. taking it without any of the work. Oh man! And yeah. that long relationship that they've had, you know, mm-hmm. you're like that crew had been together like thirty with those years? incredible jumpsuits and beanies. That's right, and matching pajamas and matching That's pajamas. right <laughs> uh, we're filming a documentary out <laughs> here ma'am you had the uniform and that i yeah. really appreciate having a little experience with like film and doing filmmaking and mm-hmm. television and stuff and it's like hey we're gonna shoot this we're gonna they well, actually the, did it seem the accurate scenes, it seemed somewhat accurate like we're gonna lay out our back in the day you didn't have a computer screen you couldn't just put stuff up on the wall you're you're literally writing out here's our schedule back when you told things. your parent yes. their pterodactyl to start making the film and yes so it's spinning uh, the animal. The, the, uh, the other thing I noticed, though, like you remember that that scene where the uh, jellyfish all wash up on the shore. Yes, yes. And Ned asks, well, "Why do they glow?" And you immediately know that's a faux pas that that, that he's committed. Like it's it's not the way that things are done. It's not the way you that shouldn't this group, ask. Mm-hmm. you shouldn't ask. And and like. And Steve Zissou, like he says, oh yeah, no, it's not some chemical reaction. It's the moon. Like it's iridescent because of reflecting moonlight. And and Klaus, I think, was sort of the enforcer of like yeah. this way of doing the rules, this traditional. Yes. And maybe a part of it is a, is dynamic with Ned for being threatened by Ned. Could but, be, could be. But there is this sort of really well established in group with its own culture and its own set of rules that, mm-hmm. as the viewer and also Ned, we're kind of learning uh, to, together as the f- the film goes on. Of like, oh yeah, you're not supposed to ask questions while things are filming, because you know for whatever reason that's that's just well, not you'd how have we to cut and start over. Yeah, yeah. 
Or, and if you're using film, that's expensive they, and, and time restrictive. Yeah. I mean, they, it was yeah. this is not digital. They're they're shooting on film, you know, on film, and they had. I appreciated the fact that oh, they had the whole studio set up and the sound booth, and they're doing mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's like that's legitimately how it really works. I wonder how much of that was informed by this being Wes Anderson's fourth film, and him thinking, I just want to show people what happens. It's legit. I mean, that's really how when you when you're out in the field and you're doing filming and. I mean, from my experience anyway, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's other people that have a lot more experience than I do in it, but my exposure to it is that's really what it is. And I've done linear editing, not 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 computerized. It's on mm-hmm. film. You're splicing. And and here's and your start and end point. You tape it together. Cool. And there is a cutting room floor. And there's a cutting room floor. <laughs> it really exists. That is uh, a real thing. Weird to see that on a boat, though. Represented on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Just film thrown over sides, just polluting the water. Oh, no. <laughs> But I know that during while we were watching this, there was a lot of comments about the music. Mm, yeah, oh, phenomenal. So David Bowie in Portuguese lot is gorgeous. David, lot of David Bowie. David, David Bowie actually. Somebody had asked him about what he thought about the Sao George covers, and David Bowie he was very gracious. He said, "You know, if if Sao George had never recorded that, I I never would have heard my songs imbued with this additional layer of beauty." Oh yeah, so, totally. like, he was very positive. About, David, David Bowie was good people. Yeah, yeah, he was. But slash that, space aliens, slash Goblin King, well, was I, thin white duke. Yeah, dr- I, I had asked yeah. some of the songs. I was like, I, "What era are these from?" And these, I think these these are all post Ziggy Stardust, but maybe mm-hmm. so like seventies, uh, late seventies. Yeah, like Rebel Rebel, like yeah, mid, mid. I don't know. I mean, David Bowie had such a long career. I can't really yeah. keep track of it yeah. all. But but I feel like thinking about like David Bowie acoustic renditions covered in Portuguese, like that's the level of complexity. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, it like just specificity, un- speci- yes. specific uniqueness that like mm-hmm. Wes Anderson, it completely fits with a Wes Anderson movie. It does. Yeah. I mean, and it's beautiful and it's great and it's so well done. Those covers, and you can identify like there's a real familiarity to like the, the tune for any classic David Bowie song, but like, Hearing it on an acoustic guitar in Portuguese, yeah, it's a really right? different way of experiencing this thing that you know. And, and kind of like everybody knows Mutual of Omaha or Jacques Cousteau or like, you know, these, these classic scientific endeavors from like the 60s. But Steve Zissou is like, I think it's a way of seeing that, that experience you already have seen in a different way. Yeah, and I think I, that's that's what I really like about Wes Anderson. He, he takes something like a, a family, a, a dysfunctional family in New York or... A, uh, a prep college experience or, you know, Jacques Cousteau. Re- or a talking fox. Or a talking fox. And, and, and he just makes it so that you're experiencing it in, in a new way. I really enjoyed the fact that there was an interpretation of these songs. And I don't know if they were all Bowie songs. Watch through the credits. A lot of them were. A lot of them were. A majority were Bowie. but And yeah. there's a certain amount of credit that you have to give to the person they found that could a play and sing yeah and it seemed like it was a lot of boom mic and a lot of environmental mm-hmm. sound it wasn't we they weren't i commented weren't on the mic'd. sound on a few scenes around when they were hitting the helicopter a few times and how everything sounded like i noticed after that i noticed it sounds like they just had a mic on in a room that no one's and then dan pointed out like yeah. there no one's mic'd up and I couldn't stop noticing. It just feels... Yeah. It's just when they're on the boat... Orga- it's organic. And you hear ocean sound. That is real ocean sound. Just That's the, not piped Just in. the ocean sloshing yeah. around. And yes. yeah. is, is that like a Wes Anderson nod to documentary filmmaking? Uh, maybe it is. It could be. I, I don't watch a lot of documentaries. 
Yeah, I don't know. But it, it I definitely noticed it. I, I was like, the sound engineering of this film was really amazing because it's hard to pick that up yeah. without getting a lot of other background things. So I applaud them in their ability to get a lot of very clean sound that accentuates. And maybe it was layered in later, but I don't mm-hmm. know. But, it, you know, some of the sets were obviously on a set. And some of the scenes were done natural. <laughs> oh, the Villafonte? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I noticed? And I didn't care for the one thing I didn't like about this movie. No one's drinking beer. There's no beer in this film. But Whoa. There oh isn't. Gosh, it's right. just all a Campari. Campari. And champagne at the end. He's holding the champagne. Or no, towards the beginning when they go on their journey. Yeah. The, the child gave him the... Uh, color- Klaus's nephew. Klaus's nephew gave him the colorful little, I don't know, fish. Oh, the, the unicorn ra- uh, uh, um, horse... Or- it was a seahorse, sea but there was a special name for it yeah. that I already forgot because I was cackling over how he had to save it in a champagne, champagne glass, glass yeah. and, and a flute. Yeah. So yeah, interesting stuff. We uh, we did. We, now we drank beer. We didn't drink just Campari with ice. No, because we don't hate ourselves. Correct. <laughs> no judgment to anyone who does, but good lord. Hey, yeah. when I'm a washed up marine biologist, I'm going to drink Campari. <laughs> I'll be your class buddy. Clank <laughs> right. to that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there, everybody. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about some beers that we had. Yes. Uh, so, again, we have some really good friends over at Mac Wine Cellars, Tim and Petra, and they provided us with some beers recently, and we decided to try three of their dark lagers that they provided us. Which, I'll tell you, Dan, when you suggested black lagers for uh, Life Aquatic, I was a little skeptical, and then I actually tasted them and thought, this actually mostly works. Right. Yeah, so as mentioned at the beginning, black lager is kind of a really generic, high-level overlaying Mm -hmm. category. And there's a lot of different things you can do within that category. A lot of approaches, different malts and different yeasts and different hops you can use. Different styles of beer altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we tried three that were completely different. Oh, absolutely. Very distinctive. Very distinctive. I really didn't intend this to turn into like, hey, Wes Anderson Films, you know, it's an overarching umbrella, but there's so many, like this film has a lot of different parts to it that fit into different categories of filmmaking and styles and yeah, approaches. And things. Yeah. These beers do as well. So dark lager in general. So there's two kinds of beer in the world. There's ales and lagers. One is warm fermented. One is cold fermented, period. There is nothing in between. I genuinely keep forgetting there's only two. Yeah. These are all ale style lagers. So they're fermented cold. Now you can start out warm, but you need to end cold because mm-hmm. that's the yeast is going to live at a certain temperature. The first beer that we tried was from Bear Lick Brewing, which is here mm-hmm. in Portland. Does a bear lick in the woods? There's a does the bear lick in the woods? I do not know, but it was a Sundowner Black Lager, five point two ABV, and it's a German style Schwarz beer. Mm. And as it does have on the can that it has a German tentening hops, and it's they really push the cold fermentation on it to give it like a crisp. Kind of like a baked bread cocoa. I got a bread. I got a bready coffee. taste on it. I, I I think that's why it was my favorite. Like spoiler mm-hmm. for the rest of the beers, this was my favorite, and yeah. I think it matched the movie best. I, think I it was did too. yeah. I'm inclined thin, to agree with Blake on that. Thin, a little slight roast. Mm, mm. So black lagers shouldn't necessarily be over roasty. It's kind of like if you took it's a porter still, and made it light because it's still lager. It's supposed to be generally, generally light, not as light as a pilsner, but still you know an easy to drink beer. So they, this is basically, when you think about lagers, you have lighter lagers and darker lagers. Pilsners are, and Hellas, are, Hellas mm-hmm. styles are the lightest. Hellas, yeah. You know, Schwarz beers and dark Czech lagers are on the other end of the spectrum. But you can also use, like I said, other kinds of yeast and other yeah. kinds yeah. of malt. So it's, it's kind of all over the map how you want to do it. 
It's amazing how much you can do with a, a single style of beer. Yes. Th- there were a lot of elements, uh, but they all like worked together. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. like a Wes Anderson movie where there's a lot <laughs> yes. of elements, but they all work together. That's yes. what you did. A real, real Tenenbaum scenario. Mm. <laughs> so the, the second one that I pulled out of the fridge was uh, a dark Czech lager from Matchless Brewing called Tumva Sova Dark Czech Lager. And I, I'm totally destroying how you pronounce that because I don't listeners please uh, voice record how to say it because I read it and asked Dan how do I say this and he never got back to me <laughs> I <laughs> because have it's no idea read. how to say it the Czech speakers in the audience please help us out please yeah. you, you two Czech listeners I assume <laughs> so they got a hold of Tom, the, the brewery matchless brewing got a hold of an old world lager yeast that that's basically, so cool. it, it's a Czech version of a, of a Schwarz beer. So this is a Czech version using different hops and slightly different malt profile that's going to give you maybe a little bit more roast. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be thin and light. Again, f- about 5%. The, the IBU readings on these are really, really super low because they, don't, mm-hmm. they typically mm-hmm. don't even list them because it's like it's just the bitterness comes from the roast. It, they, the right, hops, right, right. It's part of why I like lagers is that they're never that bitter. I don't right, mind bitter, but right, I prefer right. you know, something with more... Less bitter flavor. But is this the one that Aaron mentioned, the raisins? Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, I was getting that that flavor profile. Yes. Uh, really kind of strong and upfront. And it, 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 it's not unpleasant at all. Like, I liked it. I liked it a lot. But I don't know. The Sundowner just seemed like it had more different things going on and that kind of all balanced against each other, like this Rube Goldberg machine of, of a beer. Yeah. It yeah. felt like watching a movie that had a couple of genres smashed together that don't go together. <laughs> Like romantic yeah. comedy, superhero film. It can work. A lot of them don't. Like yeah. Three Kings, but there's a romance plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That would, I want to watch it, but I won't like myself afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Maybe yeah. not this film, but this could go with a, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. something less lighthearted. Something yeah. a little, yeah. a little watch, a, watch a serious, sad drama with Clive Owen. Or, or an action film of some sort. I can see an action film with this. I can see an action film with this. A little bit more bite on the back. The third and final beer that we tried, which is actually one of my favorite beers that it's has a good come go- out in it's the It's a go-to in the Kapersky house. It is. So the Folkvanger from this wonderful brewery called Little Beast here in Portland, and they specialize in sours, sours right? and wild fermentation beers. This is a quote-unquote dark farmhouse ale fermented with Norwegian Kvik yeast. Hmm. So mm. Kvik yeast was sort of rediscovered in the last five to ten years or so. Became very popular with brewers because it survives at both hot and cold temperatures. Oh, oh. nice! So you started out at it's a, a hard, it's a hearty, it's a hearty element. Yeah, so you, you got more flexibility out, in what you want to. Yep. Okay. You can home brewers love it because you can start it hot and just let it sit. You can go cold. You can That's step amazing. it down in temp. You can do many different things with it, like a Wes Anderson movie, like a Wes Anderson film. So this one, it, it's actually a fairly dark, and it's like slight roasted grains, a little bit of funk, and a little bit of grass. So the, it's going to be a very traditional, and Folkvanger is uh, a nice, I believe it's, I, I want to say it's probably a Norwegian word for field of battle. I looked it up once, and I was I, like, I remember I you telling me it, it means field of battle. We were at the fire pit, and I was ranting and raving about how great it was, and being told to you know, quiet down because it's a neighborhood. But I, I really like this beer. Always a fan. I feel like it's better for a film, like a action film that's dark, like a John Wick. Yes. Maybe a maybe a Dark Knight, Dark Knight Return. Yeah, this is this is a heavy. Like, this is it's six point seven percent. So the other beers were about five. This yeah, is a yeah, little yeah. bit heavier, a little bigger. It's, it's still amazing. It still has shallow mouthfeel, 
but you are going to get a little bit of roast and you're going to get mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. It almost has like star anise and uh, like a burnt flavor on the back. It's it's like it's over roasted a little bit. You know, with that with that in mind, I would say 80s action movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. I can see like one of these throughout a 90 minute uh, 80s action movie, like uh, your Rambos, your anything with Schwarzenegger. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Not quite Wes Anderson. I'd say if uh, if you want to watch a Wes Anderson film, at least Life Aquatic, first pick would be the go-to. Or something kind of like light but with flavor, with a, a complexity, but not distracting. Correct. Because there's a lot happening in the movie. There is. Constantly. I, I feel bad I kept talking to you guys because I was missing a lot of the film, but it, like, it's a good night. watching the movie. Shut up. But it's a great movie. But you guys are fun. You know, all three beers are good. Mm-hmm. We li- I think Agreed. all, th- Agreed. all three Agreed. of us Agreed. like the film. It's mm-hmm. not... A, it's, it's not... If you're a fan of film... And you yeah, enjoy, yeah. not necessarily a challenging film, but something that is fun is and creative and different. Because this, this is not, this is like, as Blake said while we were watching it, this is like watching a play. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very, like like uh, Clerks. It feels like you're watching a play. Date night, if you know what your date's into. Yes. <laughs> and if what your date's into is Wes Anderson. <laughs> yes. If, you're, uh, if your date was kids. like a, a theater a theater person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or, a, or a film major. Well, yeah. I'd say, like, but I mean, if somebody's nostalgic for like those early, you know, sort of scientific, you know, when I was a little kid, I subscribed to Ranger Rick magazine. If you're, yeah, if you're, I'll just uh, bump that. If your date had subscribed to Ranger Rick magazine, this is a great movie. We're going to do a beer name rename game because last episode we didn't do that but i would like to do that this time yeah, around. yeah let's hit that this we like to pick one of the beers we liked and it doesn't at this point because they're all dark lagers they're so all dark lagers i want to vote for the first one yeah the first like, one i, I well. feel okay. sundowner I sundowner that matched so let's the movie re- the best so let's rename sundowner okay so what we do is you go to imdb and you can scroll about halfway down if you're on a website on a browser and not necessarily the app because the web app or your phone app and stuff don't necessarily show you the actual words. So you go about halfway down and there's a synopsis area and it's got a bunch of words that are circled. And this one has about 220 additional plot keywords. And these are submitted by users of IMDb. And what we like to do is scroll through it and pick some interesting combinations thereof and rename one of the beers that we think it would go really well with this film. Aaron, you're over there. You're, you're green and yes, I have one that I like a lot. So the Aaron. sundowner, I'm going to rename it. The plot keyword is tied up while barefoot. Tied up while barefoot. I, I'll admit, when you first started, I thought you were talking about the tide, like the water is thinking, okay, where's this going to? Ooh. Right? It, it starts out one direction, and then it veers tied, tied up, up while barefoot. Tied it's not just barefoot. tied up, and it's not just barefoot. <laughs> it's tied wild, up while barefoot. Wild barefoot. That's very good. I think I have a contender. What's your contender? Ooh. Because of the flavor profile, because of how it you know matched this bizarre little movie, quirky comedy. <laughs> yes. If I saw a beer named Quirky Comedy, I'd buy it without even looking at the style. If it was a smoothie beer, I'd still buy it. Oh, so wow. That's how, that's how sold I'd be on the title. So, uh, so marketers the, take note. Mar- yes, marketers <laughs> take note. Specifically for Blake <laughs> specific marketing. I, I also really, really enjoy beer labels and can labels and bottle labels that include photography of animals such as yes. dogs. Yes. And so there's three legged dog is one of the keywords <laughs> in oh, here. Uh, Oh, Which Cody. 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 Cody the dog. I would either call it Cody in quotes or I would call it tripod because, you know, three-legged dog. <laughs> Ooh, tripod, dude. Yeah, but it'd have to be the three-legged dog picture. And oh, of course. Beautiful yeah. dog. And I'm really glad that they had an animal that everyone was like rooting for and they left do you, him behind. Do you want the 
picture on the can to be the dog looking at the Filipino pirates or the crew? The crew, not the pirates. <laughs> Screw them pirates. They were shooting at people. But there was such people. a pivotal scene where we're like, oh, and, and Harry said, it's master. And we see the pirates. The pirates are there. And Jeff Goldblum being shot. That's right. Yeah, almost point blank. Like, dude, just full on just like. Home, homie survived. Filipino pirates, though, they were the worst shot. Like, even accounting for like ocean swell. <laughs> And the moving boat, they couldn't hit. They didn't shoot anybody except for uh, Alistair Hennessy. Yeah, uh, so, like when they're playing cards with him. When they got that feels very Wes Anderson. So, whereas in a Tarantino movie, everyone gets everyone shot. Everyone shot. Yeah. Have Have you ever shot a handgun before? Uh, rifles, yes. Handguns, no. Really, I it shot is some handguns. Really hard to hit a target. They jump, dog. They okay. they move around, and and if you're not like steady with it with two hands, you're, if you're not trained. Aiming, if you're not trained, hands dudes are just relaxed. like sideways holding it, cap cap cap, gangster cap, style, gangster style. And I'm like, you're not hitting anything. Filipino pirate style, huh? Yeah, <laughs> or or with their little automatic like they didn't look like AKs. They were just like little. Like a yeah, some off-brand rifle. It's like yeah, you got you're gonna squeeze the trigger for three seconds and then you're gonna I, be out of rounds. I loved the yeah. like little two-foot scimitars that they had. Also, they had, they had oh, guns, yeah. but they also had little knives. Right. Those were like cooking knives. Yeah, Those they were. were seriously like I've seen some Filipino street food videos, and uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, no, women chop fruit with those. Right. I'm like, right. what is this? So are you checking your YouTube, thinking I've seen this before? I, I have. I I, I was look, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I know oh, that's what you're you, you were looking at uh, on, on your YouTube history. <laughs> Like, what, what's what's got Dan uh, you know up in a bug right now? He's looking like, for more uh, X Men as if Will Will uh, Wes Anderson did it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, I thought it was going to be Willem Dafoe as various uh, goblins. Variants. Yeah, various goblins. It's a it's a goblin variant film. Yeah. <laughs> but All right. what a great movie though. Like, yes, I, I I recommend it. Having never seen it, and it being what twelve years later. Yeah, from two thousand and four. Clearly, if we're talking about it, maybe it was, less. Yeah. I, I'm not good at math. It was a December film, so it, and, and, it, and it, yeah, Christmas. A strange December twenty fifth. Christmas. Yeah, it was. It was weird because we we were doing a little research on it, and it totally lost money. Yeah, this film which makes tanked. me sad because it's it's like a, a kind of artistic and quirky and, and unique. And every time I've heard beautiful. about it, it's always been spoken highly, like yeah. in mm-hmm. highly in all my friend groups. Yeah, like, it's. I don't know, but I don't yeah. think I don't think it captured the mainstream in the way that uh, I don't. Know. I, I, I could see that. Do you guys happen to know like Wes Anderson's other films, like if they if they performed better financially? I, I would say his most recent one, not as well. But is that the Island ones, of Dogs? You know, the Island of Dogs was the animated one that he did. Yeah, that yeah. Did what did he do well. most? Re- was oh, French Dispatch. One. French Dispatch. That one's fallen a little tough. People aren't as mm. stoked about it. Yeah, because I still want to watch it. It's a complex story, layered on layered on layered. You know, mm-hmm. like this one isn't quite. This is more straight storytelling again. It's kind of like watching a play. I mentioned this earlier, and I feel like it's important with streaming now. This is a really good at-home film. Yeah. I feel like if I saw this in the theater, I'd be a little let down. But watching it in a friend's basement or at my living room or wherever, if if it's a lot more as a home-viewing thing. That's why I think Netflix is, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. It's important have a at-home movie. Yeah. A lot of 80s movies have that vibe of just, yeah, you can watch this at home, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. But, right. but a lot of big blockbusters, every Chris Nolan film you really should watch in a theater because it's how he makes them. But. So yes. a philosophical question for you, Blake. Like, it, what makes 42. A, what makes a movie a theater movie versus a movie a home movie? Because I, I, I understand what you're saying and I agree with Ooh, you. That's a good question. Like, Steve Zissel, like I, I know I watched this before, but there was like 80% of the detail I had forgotten. And it was it was like 
it was a real pleasure to watch it again and rediscover these things I had, had you know, I had evidently forgotten, you know, since 2004 when I saw it. But, but I agree with you. Like, I think I may have mm. seen it in a theater and it might've been like mixed, maybe kind of not bittersweet. Isn't the right word, but kind of mixed in like, yeah, it's a great movie, but like it wasn't a great experience. Yeah. And now it was like, it's a great movie and it's a great experience watching it, you know, from Dan's couch. I would say it's, it's how the director makes it. Mm-hmm. Chris Nolan makes movies to be in theaters. Zack Snyder was going on a whole tirade about how his uh, newest Justice League, which I didn't hate, but I was watching it fine at home, how it had to be a certain ratio. It's how they make the movies. A lot of the direct-to-DVD movies are made to just get made, get on watched. on a TV screen. Yeah, like it's made to be watched. Like, like movie of the week. Yeah. was a thing for a while, Generation Z and below. It was That was a thing where it was just movie of the week was a whole deal. Like, oh, man, movie just made for me to stay at home and watch. So, so uh, it depends uh, on how they make it because there are big budget movies made that really just work better on a smaller screen. A lot of Guy Ritchie movies are more fun at home. So I'm not going to use the term shovelware. So I'm, I'm going to try and no, ask yeah, this yeah, in a yeah, more yeah, respectful yeah. way. But like, do you think the emphasis is on like spectacle versus narrative or story like is that maybe it, part it's of it? been going that way it's mm-hmm. i love the marvel movies but disney's really been pushing just we're making a big budget get butts and seats kind of movies mm-hmm. dc's been kind of doing that and just all the other big theater company theater companies you know rent and all that <laughs> all the big film companies have been doing that just like make a huge their the whole model was it used to be make a huge movie so you can afford to make all the weird little indie shit throughout the right, year. And they've gone right. away from that. There's no more mid-range films anymore. It's either A24 or small budgets or billion-dollar yeah, so properties. Yeah, the business model used to be like get a blockbuster then that would fund these other yeah. things that were maybe yeah. a little bit more of a risk that yeah. might be yeah. a blockbuster, might not. But There's still a lot of independent films that are coming out. I mean, I if you look at what's... I mean, they're, I mean, they're there. Alone you, is, the problem is, is you have to look for them, which yeah. is unfortunate. Like, it's why I want they're, people to boost that stuff more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to I was trying to get more kind of a philosophical take. No, on, it's uh, tragic. It's just like Edgar Wright makes movies that could work either in a theater or at home. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I love his style so much. Like Tarantino makes movies that... He's so horny for actual film. You need to watch in a theater, but... You don't have to. Uh, you really don't have to, but it, you get to show it the way he wants it to be shown. It does look really fucking cool. So, when, I was in, when I was in college, there was a, an older... It was an upper, upper, there was an upperclassman that asked me a question that's always sort of stuck with me. Was think, it a what's up, it. nerd? Uh, <laughs> no, that was not it. <laughs> oh, I, we had different experiences. <laughs> it was not a... I did not have like an Animal House college experience, unfortunately. Uh, but... Actually, probably fortunately. Yeah, really but, fortunately. That was awful. But, but what he asked me is like, what movie do you think benefits the most from being widescreen? Mm, um, or in, Wars. In, and I think you could also say like big screen. And my answer, uh, you know, way back in the day, unfortunately, I have to turn in my nerd card. It was not Star Wars. Was my it answer, Porky's? My answer was Lawrence of Arabia because the, the, there you go. The, the, the That's a desert, film nerd answer. Yeah. The, well, I mean, the desert is its own character. And, you know, if you don't get to see the expanse, I feel like you lose a lot of the setting and the context. But I'm wondering, you know, like... What, what's the movie that gains the most by being in a theater? Like if you're going to choose one movie that you could put into an IMAX and you get to invite 20 buddies with you and free drinks, what's your movie? 
is this a movie that's previously been on IMAX or just it, just any movie? It could be any movie. Mm. I, and actually, Star Wars would be kind of fun because some of those like interstellar space battles in that sort of encompassing. To stick to my love, Vega Wright, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. I I of his Cornetto trilogy, I prefer my top pick is The World's End, but Hot Fuzz is such a good cop spoof action movie it pokes fun at action movies but it is an action movie i've never seen it's, it oh I've highly recommend it. if it was 2004 i'd say uh it's so, four, four so years since we're shown the dead we'll never get to yeah. watch it sorry aaron <laughs> I, I, no it's, say, it's it's two hours but it's a phenomenal film i'm gonna yeah. say how many stanley kubrick films have you seen on imax 2001 a space 2001, yes, sorry. Oh, I, that, that makes way more sense okay yes, 2001 i thought you were referring to the john cusack 2012 did that thought hold on dan wait a minute i was like i didn't know that would be that would be 2001 a space odyssey yeah. because of just the visual simple fact that you you don't have to be high to watch it and be like blown away you're just going to get blown and, away by it yeah and and the, and the pacing of it like some of those things take take their time and you are in space and to have that immersion yeah well that's a great answer and they introduced the the spinning and the guy just jogging through the halls oh that's a really good pick dan yeah. i'm sorry dave i <laughs> can't sorry, do that dave. i'm sorry dave Wow. Futurama did a great spoof where they had to pop up in can tabs to stop their uh, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver voice uh, ship AI. Nice. I think we've uh, expanded a lot on this episode, and I appreciate everyone hanging in there and listening to us ramble on about the fun things. And, you know, as you say, find a film you want to watch, find something you want to drink with it. And in this case, with this film, I think, you know, a lighter beer. Lighter beer. Mm-hmm. Something complex, maybe a little bit. I thought about sour think, beers, but I didn't go there. I was like, I eh. think a sour could feasibly work with this yeah maybe i could have a good sour after a dive yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they don't really nice. do that much diving that's the fun part i mean you you, you see you oh see wilson dives the, once um, and then they have to resuscitate him because yeah. he doesn't understand not to take the mask off or something or they don't really talk about it but i was like no i've been there done that oh yeah. boy yeah good movie find a good beer you like mm-hmm. uh, thank mm-hmm. you to mac wine sellers for hooking us up yes. with some beers Indeed. and thank thanks you. to aaron for joining us for another 2004 right. odyssey of film happy <laughs> yes. to be here thank you for the invite yeah 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 so the opinions expressed during the taping of this podcast episode are those of the hosts. And if you don't hydrate, you will dehydrate. Because I've been chugging water all film. You know, and if so. you if you're not careful, that seawater is going to get right in your lungs. And you don't want that. That's really painful. Or in your eye. Ooh. Or or salty any, substances in the eye is not a fun experience. This is in the podcast. No, no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> all right. So much funnier than my line. This is this is Dan signing out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Blake begrudgingly says goodbye. Aaron says the deeper you go, the weirder life gets. Thanks for listening. <laughs>